My name is uh, Lianne Schmaal. I'm uh, an associate professor at Origin uh, and the Center for Youth Mental Health of the University of Melbourne, where I lead the uh, Mood and Anxiety Disorders Research Program. Our uh, review focused on examining the link between inflammation and depression in young people. As we know from the adult literature, in, um, so in adults with depression, that there is a link that many um, people with depression show um, symptoms or signs of high levels of inflammation. Uh, not everyone, but, but some people do. Um, and, but there is less known about this potential link or association in young people. So we were interested in, in kind of summarizing everything that is known about this um, in our review. Current treatments, and, and especially kind of the gold, gold standard treatments, antidepressants, cognitive behavioral therapy, they work for some people, but not everyone. So there is a continued need for um, alternative treatments or uh, additional treatments to offer to young people. Therefore, also uh, a need to look at additional mechanisms, for example, biological mechanisms such as inflammation. So... In our review, we first looked at the immune system. So what is the immune system? Um, and interestingly, the immune system undergoes a lot of changes during adolescence. And uh, adolescence is also a peak period um, uh, in which, or a period in which um, onset of depression peaks uh, together with young adulthood. So uh, there's an interesting link there. In our review, in our review, we basically found that there is subtle evidence for this link between inflammation and depression in young people. Um, although there were also quite some inconsistencies um, in the findings, um, but almost half of the study showed higher levels of inflammation in young people with depression compared to, to healthy controls, and the other half of the studies found lower levels. So this could be due to methodological differences, um, but we also think that it might be due to heterogeneity of depression. So one of, of the ideas that we had was that there might be different pathways towards depressive symptoms where both kind of higher levels and lower levels of these um, cytokines could contribute to depressive symptoms in young people. And I think two interesting findings. One is that the link is bidirectional. So um, it seems that, you know, higher inflammation may be due to underlying um, health issues or unhealthy lifestyle could lead to the feelings of depress depression, but also depression itself um, can, can kind of lead to high levels of inflammation. Um, and the other interesting finding was that some groups seem to be more vulnerable to, to having um, inflammation. So, for example, females with depression were more vulnerable than males. Um, also, young people who had a clinical diagnosis of depression, we couldn't really find uh, much evidence for an association between depressive symptoms, but not clinical levels of depressive symptoms in the general population in inflammation. Um, and also, people who have experienced adverse events during childhood were more vulnerable, and it seemed to be that inflammation was associated with more specific symptoms of depression, like fatigue, appetite changes, maybe changes in sleep, um, more so than, for example, other symptoms like uh, affect or cognition related to depression. So welcome, Liana and Yara, to the podcast. It's really good to have you here to talk about this active ingredient and it's quite different from 
a lot of the other active ingredients we've explored in the podcast. Um, I guess we've seen a lot of international interest in inflammation and mental illness in the last few years. There's been a lot of research published in this area. Um, is it an area that you've kind of been interested in professionally for a long time or have you come to it recently? What what was it that made you decide to focus on this in the first place? I think we're mostly interested in, in it because in adults there had been some research already on the link between inflammation and, and depression and specifically between uh, specific depressive symptoms like Liana just mentioned and inflammation. But in young people there wasn't much known about it and there were a few other uh, findings from the literature that that did show that there is a link between the two. So, for example, people with inflammatory diseases such as uh, rheumatoid arthritis show a higher prevalence of depression or people um, who get immunotherapy to treat, for example, cancer often develop depressive symptoms. And um, like Liana mentioned, the, the current treatments in young people aren't always uh, effective so it could be that inflammation is uh, for some people an underlying biological mechanism and those people might benefit better from a different treatment so I think that spiked their interest. Tell me a bit more Yara about what you found then with your review what the evidence was that you found and did that support what you thought about inflammation and depression in young people? I think it did and didn't support what we thought. I think the the link wasn't as strong in, in young people as in adults, maybe because in adults the depression has had more time. Uh, it, it's maybe more severe than in young people because, for example, we didn't find a link between inflammation and uh, healthy young people that did show some depressive symptoms. Um, but we did find the inflammatory dysregulation in young people that is with depression that is found in adults. Um, but those results were inconsistent, so not all studies found it, and for, especially with uh, IL-2 and interferon gamma, there were some inconsistent findings going in different directions. Um, and I think that that led to the idea that... Um, maybe there are different inflammatory subtypes. So it's not just one uh, type of inflammation that is linked to depression, but and it's not just as few people that show that association with inflammatory dysregulation, but maybe there are subtypes within those people as well. So there would definitely be more research needed on that to draw any conclusions about those subtypes. Can you give us an explanation for how this happens, how these differences in cytokines that you're talking about actually lead to depression or how depression in some way is linked to these differences. It's interesting, like inflammation, you could almost see it like um, it's a warning sign of your body. So it kind of tells you, hey, something is wrong. Something is going on here. Um, so inflammation is linked, linked to a lot of diseases, for example. It's usually not like an underlying cause. It's more like a, um, like a warning sign. And, and there's many different pathways that can um, lead or yeah, lead to inflammation. So, for example, um, chronic stress. So the pathway from, for example, depression to inflammation could be that because of chronic stress, 
um, there's there's all these bodily changes, hormones um, ongoing that can actually um, lead to inflammation in the body. But there's also we also know that things like cardiovascular diseases, unhealthy lifestyles, obesity, they can also, or maybe even sleep dysregulation, they can also lead to inflammation, which in turn can lead to depressive symptoms. So inflammation, it's it's interesting because it, it could be a treatment target, but it doesn't exactly tell us what is the cause. We, we still need to dig a bit deeper to see, okay, but why does someone have inflammation? Is it is it because of the depression or is there an on, uh, a, a different underlying cause that might, you know, lead to inflammation, which in turn leads to depressive symptoms? So I think that is very important to kind of understand better. So where does that leave us, do you think, in terms of preventing and treating depression as early as possible? Do you think inflammation is a, a kind of important warning sign that depression might be about to occur not always because depression itself or chronic stress can also lead to inflammation so it doesn't always go from inflammation to depression um i don't think you know generally anyone with inflammation because it could be an underlying physical um illness and that everyone who has a physical illness leading to inflammation is at risk for depression i don't think that's the case but i do think if young people have depressive symptoms or, or present with um, depression, it might be good to screen for inflammation just to see is, is there something going on um, in the immune system, which might be, you know, I mean, at the moment, there's, there's not a lot of treatments targeting inflammation have been tested in young people. So it's not that we don't know the evidence for it, whether um such treatments actually improve depression or even inflammation in young people with depression. But I think it would be important to screen young people with depression for inflammation because it could definitely inform um, treatment. And do you think that's a big difference in thinking from people who first see young people with depression in the health system, family practitioners or... I guess even you know parents and teachers the, the the idea that they need to look at a physical thing yeah I think it is it is a bit of a shift in thinking, but on the other hand um you know we're we're also more and more interested and open to the idea that for example people's lifestyle or um you know physical fitness or other things can contribute, so it's not just like um a psychological I think we we're already more open to the fact that it's not just a psychological problem but that it kind of interacts with um, lifestyles physical health and I would just like to add to that that it doesn't have to be a complete shift it could also be that you can still focus on the psychological part but in addition if someone shows inflammatory dysregulation also treat the inflammation So let's talk a bit about how you did this review, because I guess this project as a whole, the Welcome Funded Active Ingredients Reviews, it's quite an interesting project because there were researchers from all over the world. There are about 30 topics that they explored and the way they asked you to do the reviews maybe was slightly different from other funding bodies. 
um, there was a particular focus on working with young people throughout and kind of co-producing the review. So how, how did you find doing that? I think compared to the other kind of active ingredients, because it was so biological, um, it was it was a little bit more tricky to involve young people from the start. So um, in our active ingredients, we got a lot of input from young people on how to best kind of um, communicate these findings to a general public. And, and that was actually really useful because, you know, you, you also don't want to portray kind of the the image that, you know, everyone, every young person with depression has inflammation and you should just buy some aspirin or over-the-counter um, medication from the pharmacy and, and this is how you can treat your, your own depression. So um, we got a lot of useful insights from young people on how to kind of communicate this and um, I think that was very useful. It also made us think a bit better about um, how other people might read it because for us it was quite obvious that it's only about a subset of people um but clearly we didn't get that message across clearly and yeah it is really important that you can't just um use some aspirin and you feel fine again um so that i think that was the the main um focus of the the youth advisors what did they think of what you found? Was it a surprise to them or did it make sense? I think it was in line with what you said, that they um, they were kind of, they found it really interesting that there's also a biological um, mechanism. There can be a biological mechanism behind uh, the depression and that um, it was such biologically focused and not just focused on psychology yeah, we, we're also doing a lot of neuroimaging work and, and some young people it might it might actually be reassuring that you know there might be some kind of physical element to it or um, some people see it as less stigmatizing um, but it's yeah I think it's more as a holistic kind of picture I think people were quite interested in and not just the biological mechanism, but also the link with lifestyle, um, diet, exercise, these kind of influences on physical health and in turn on, on uh, depression. Is there anything that you've kind of, you can say, you know, doing research in this way, doing a review in this way, actually um, involving young people in the process makes it different it's incredibly helpful and useful to include young people with depression you know from early stages um of any research project uh, and and like you said we've done this um we do this at origin a lot it's actually one of the requirements to do any project at origin to involve young people and it could be from conceptualizing the study all the way to kind of communicating the findings um, and I think for us it, you know in, in this specific study it was more towards the communicating the findings um, but you know as researchers I mean in the end you do the research for the for the young people that actually suffer from depression because you want to help them so it's essential to be able to to communicate these findings very well um, um, to them and I think we've learned a lot about you know especially kind of such a biological 
difficult topic, um, complex kind of systems. How can you really explain this in a nice, easily to understand way? Um, I think that's that's critical because you can do all the research you want, but if it doesn't reach, you know, the people that you're actually trying to help, um, yeah, the, then there's a massive gap. What I've noticed is that involving young people from the start in the actual, you know, writing of the question and the kind of scoping of the review is a lot easier if you're doing something which is more accessible and young people can understand. If it's a biological project or a project that links physical and mental as yours does, the, the young people's involvement tends to be around the dissemination. Um, and I wonder if that's a challenge that we can put to you and other researchers working in this domain is, is it possible to involve young people earlier on? How can we do that? You know, do you think you learned anything in your review and in doing this process that can involve young people more in the whole project? Mm, that's a very difficult question. Um, we thought about this a lot, um, how to involve young people more from the start. Um, and I think, I mean, the issue with this was that it was a review. So um, I think it's it's a little bit easier if it's a new project. If we would have, for example, you know, investigated ourselves whether um, young people with depression have signs of inflammation. So because here we just looked at the existing literature, um, it was a bit more tricky to, to involve young people from the start. Um, having said that, we could have, I think, um, had a slightly different approach. So at the moment, we only looked at, you know, the published studies. We summarized all the studies um, that have been published on this topic. But, you know, it would have also been interesting, I think, to maybe interview young people. Um, and, um, yeah, maybe around more generally, what is their kind of, what is their opinion about, you know, or feelings towards, biological mechanisms um, and, and that is an explanation for depression. Do they feel um, that that is a useful way of thinking? Does that help them or is that, you know, by reducing stigma or is that more deterministic? Um, so it's not helpful at all. I think that could have been really interesting. And also, I think to get a bit more insights from young people about some specific depressive symptoms. So, for example, we found the link between inflammation and some symptoms more than others. Um, so like I said before, fatigue, uh, appetite, dysregulation. So it would have been also quite interesting to hear from young people with lived experience whether they have um, those symptoms um, and what, what they think drive those symptoms. So I think we, we maybe we missed a bit of an opportunity here and I think there would have been scope probably to include more young people from the start. But again, it's easier if it's a new project than just summarizing the literature. So let's let's talk about implications. And I guess we're interested in implications that this work has for practice, you know, and you've mentioned a couple of those already, I think. Um, but also implications for future research. Um, Yara, do you want to start off by telling us what you think the implications are for people working in mental health practice, first of all? At the moment, for people working in mental health, the implications are mostly that 
um, it would be good to be aware of these possible underlying um, possible possible underlying inflammation. In the future, I think it would be great if if people young people could be screened to see if they have high levels of inflammation and um, to see if specific anti-inflammatory treatment could help that. However, not much research on that has been done yet. Um, most of the research on anti-inflammatory medication has been done in adults. And it seems promising, but I think there's some more research needed in young people to be really able to, to use it in practice. Um, and uh, like Liana mentioned, if people can be screened um, based on specific symptoms, that could be even easier to then, if those symptoms are linked to inflammation, it could be easier that if people show those symptoms that, we, that they could potentially receive anti-inflammatory treatment or um, it doesn't even have to be medication, it could also be um, focused on lifestyle changes. So for example, exercise or diet, um, but a critical next step is first to uh, further look into those pathways and the relationship to those uh, symptom profiles in young people. Uh, and Liana, what, what do you think in terms of future research? What are the kind of priority questions that you think we should be tackling next? Yeah, I think one, um, what I mentioned before, I think it's really important to understand what is kind of causing inflammation in young people um, with depression. So and not everyone has infl shows inflammation. But I think, like I said, it's more like a warning sign and it could be anything. So I think there's, there's actually two really important next steps. One is um, to, to test different anti-inflammatory treatments. And, and like Yara said, that's not just anti-inflammatory medication, but it could be could be um, omega-3, lifestyle changes, diet, etc. Because at the moment, we can screen young people for inflammation and that might um, tell us a little bit about, okay, we, we might need to do something additional to CBT, antidepressants. There's a little bit of evidence in adults that you know antidepressant might work less well in, young, in, in, in people um, with depression who also show inflammation. But at the moment, because we don't we don't have any evidence for um, uh, effectiveness of anti-inflammatory treatments in young people, we can screen them, but we don't know what to offer them. So I think that's a very critical next step to have more RCTs um, uh, with anti-inflammatory treatments for young people with depression. So that's one area that is that is really important. And the other area, I think, is like I said, we better need to better understand the pathway. So um, not all young people with depression show inflammation. So why do some young people show levels, high levels of inflammation and others don't? What is the underlying cause or pathway towards it? Because if we understand those pathways better, we can also better target it with treatment. So if, for example, uh, the underlying pathway is, is more obesity related, you would offer a different treatment than if, if it's more related to um, chronic stress or, or um, yeah, different kind of pathways. So I think that's that's critical in order to better kind of um, yeah provide or, or offer young people the right treatments. We need to understand the pathways better. Mm -hmm.